Awesome. Well, good morning to all of you here, and good morning if you are watching online. My name is Annie Duncan. I'm one of the pastors here, and I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July. And now that we are beyond the 4th of July, our Seattle summer can now start officially, right? Just not today, I guess, because it's not that warm out, but it'll get there. Uh, and before uh, Alexis and I are going to tag team the sermon this morning, and before we get to that, I wanted to give you a little update on what's been going on in the South Kivu region in the Congo. Um, reports of genocide continue, and I want to thank each and every one of you that has agreed to partner with us in prayer and advocacy. Last week, we had almost 3,000 people sign the petition, uh, and if you want to learn more about that, or find out how you can be involved, um, you can just visit our website. Uh, but as a church, Bell Press is stepping into this, and we kind of have a, a threefold response through advocacy, like the petition, um, through aid, which you're going to hear about in a little bit, and through peace efforts. And this week, just this past Wednesday, $10,000 was sent to Rwanda, which borders the Congo, to one of our faith partners there, Rwanda Faith Partners, um, Rwanda Faith Academy. And through Pastor Alexis's help and connections, um, that is going to help by uh, basic needs, medical supplies, water, and that's going to get sent to Goma, which is going to get flown um, to the Mimbabwe region, uh, where a friend of Pax Pastor Alexis's, Gideon, is going to be there to help distribute all of these supplies to the refugees there that have been fleeing um, this crisis. So thank you, Bell Press, and please continue to pray with us and to step into the advocacy efforts and spread the word about what's going on in the Congo, because it continues to not be reported. So thank you. Um, this morning, we do continue our series on Peeled, um, kind of looking underneath the fruits of the Spirit, what's beyond, what's under the surface. And today's fruit, as Laura um, helped us see, is faithfulness, extreme faithfulness. And in the scripture that Michaela just read, we see the disciples ask Jesus for their faith to increase. And I'm going to spend just a few moments kind of unpacking what this looks like for our faith to increase. And then Pastor Alexis is going to walk us through some practical ways for our faith to grow. In Luke 17, Jesus has just taught his disciples what it means um, about sin and, and how to forgive each other. And it's in response to that teaching that we see the disciples respond to Jesus and say, Oh my gosh, Jesus, increase our faith. Increase our faith. In a sense, it's, it's as if the disciples are understanding, like, in order to do this hard work of forgiveness, our faith, we need a little bit more because this is going to be hard work, right? And Jesus responds to them saying, increase our faith. He responds by saying, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. And here again, we have an interesting response from Jesus that kind of makes us go, Wait, what? Jesus, what are you talking about? And we see Jesus say similar things in other parts of scripture. In Matthew 17, he says, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. So why here, to his disciples, does Jesus use this example of a mulberry tree? I mean, if he was trying to make a dramatic kind of metaphor, wouldn't he stick with the whole mountain instead of this like small little fruit tree? But the sequence of events here is important to pay attention to because Jesus has just taught the disciples about forgiveness. And after that, they say, hey, help us with our faith. Jesus responds by this metaphor. 
Mulberry trees were known to have extraordinarily strong roots, so strong that this tree could stay rooted for up to 600 years. So Jesus' point is that unforgiveness and bitterness, they may have really strong roots in our life. They may be deep and lasting like a mulberry tree. But Jesus says that just with a little bit of faith, he will help us uproot those seeds of bitterness and unforgiveness. Have you ever had to work to forgive somebody? Maybe that person is sitting right next to you this morning, right? Awkward. Um, But I mean, really, dig down deep. Have you ever had to forgive someone and work at it? Like that comes up again and you're like, oh man, I'm really still not over this. I need to work on forgiving them for this or I need to work on forgiving them for that. Usually the idea of forgiveness, that's not our idea. But that's a nudge from the Holy Spirit to say, I know that this seed of unforgiveness is in you and I want more for you. So I'm going to nudge you to forgive that person. Forgiveness takes faith, not in us, but in our ability to partner with God and what he's doing in our lives. And some of the greatest miracles of faith have to do with forgiveness and restoring relationships. And in a little bit, Alexis is going to tell a really great story about that. So it's after this teaching about forgiving others that the disciples, they say to Jesus, increase our faith. And it's, and it's interesting what we learn from Jesus' response and his response of this mustard seed size faith. And the first is this. It's not the size of our faith, but the object of our faith. The disciples are asking for their faith to grow. They're saying, we want our faith to be bigger. Increase it, Jesus. But by referring to a tiny itty-bitty seed, Jesus deflects the attention of the quantity of faith and focuses it more on the object of faith. Our faith, it doesn't matter whether it's big or small. What really matters, what the true question is, is where are we putting our faith? Where are we placing our faith? When I was about 10 years old, I went to my parents and I said, parents, it is time that I am baptized. So I met with my pastor, we made an arrangement for the date to happen, and I got baptized and there was a big celebration, my grandparents came for it. But I remember waking up the next morning and kind of taking a self-check and then realizing I feel the exact same on Monday that I did yesterday when I got baptized. And so 10-year-old Annie went downstairs, had a bowl of cereal, and started to talk about this with my mom. And I remember saying to her, Mom, I got baptized yesterday, but I feel the exact same way today. What's up with that? It was as if 10-year-old Annie really believed that getting baptized was going to like, enforce this extreme faith makeover. And it didn't happen. But what did happen was a seed was planted that day. And I had this thought, huh, Maybe, maybe it's more about, maybe it's not me placing my faith in the things that I'm doing, but maybe it's more about me placing faith in God and what he's doing in my life, and that's what's going to help my faith to grow. It's not the size of our faith, but the object of our faith. Second, the size of our faith isn't isn't as important as the size of our God. A small amount of faith, even as small as a mustard seed, can accomplish great things if that small amount of faith is placed in a great and powerful God. This is why Jesus says we can do great things. We can move mountains. We can uproot trees. We can forgive others. Because when our small faith is attached to a big God, we can do amazing things. At Bell Press, one of the values that we have is that we can do hard things. 
This is an upheld value because we believe in a God that makes the impossible possible. And even though we're calling this out recently within the past year as a value, this has been a value at Bell Press since the formation of Bell Press. Long ago, 60 plus years ago, there was a church in Seattle that said, I know, let's go across the water and let's plant a church in Bellevue. People thought that was crazy back then, but they believed in doing hard things, so they planted a church. It was a hard thing for Bell Press to open a coffee shop for drug addicts. It was a hard thing for us to open a community center that offers all these classes for the community. It was a hard thing for Bell Press to go into Rwanda and open the Center for Champions. And it's a hard thing for us now to love where we are. But we are a church that has always believed that we can do hard things because we know that our faith isn't alone. Our faith, when we place our faith in God, God can help us do amazing and powerful things. Jesus calls us to live a life that we cannot live without him. And that is good news. That is good news for our mustard seed sized faith. Because we can't do it alone. We need God. We need the Holy Spirit. And third, our faith increases when we experience God. There are so many stories that I could tell you of all the stories that happened from 10-year-old Annie until current-aged Annie here. Now, I won't tell you how old I am. Um, so many stories of how I've experienced God and how that has led to my faith changing. Because my faith isn't the same as it was when I was 10. There are ways that I've experienced God when I've thought, oh my gosh, God, I thought you were like this, but you're actually like this. You're so much bigger. Your love is so much greater than I ever imagined. And it's, in, it's constantly in experiencing God that my faith grows the more that I get to know him. And I'm sure if I got to take each and every one of you out for coffee, we could share stories of how our faith has grown. No matter where you're at in your faith journey, if you're just at the beginning or if you're in the middle, our faith grows when we experience just who God is. So now we're going to invite Pastor Alexis to come up and talk about some practical ways that our faith can grow. Can you give it up for the legend? Hallelujah. Wow. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm so excited today to preach about a little bit about the the faith. What, what, what do you understand? What does it mean the faith to you? Maybe you have been here sermon about. What does that mean to you? Is anyone having the feedback? <laughs> so, the faith for me is that the confidence in what I hope God is working in my side. Even if there's no way I can see the physical eyes, I hope God is working in my side. No matter what situation looks like, God is working in my side. That's how it comes to us Him. The Bible says Hebrew 12 and 6. And without the faith, it's impossible to please God. And because anyone who came to him must believe that he exists and that he loved those who earnestly seek him. 
Without the faith, it's not easy to worship, to praise God. You will keep asking your question, where is God? What is God is doing? I have never experienced. Because without the faith. I like the way Enishi mentioned. If you have the faith, the small, like, must, you can do what? You can move any mountain. Maybe you have been holding your mountain. There's no way. You keep all the time, 12 years, long time. There's no way. If you have the small, you don't need big one. You just, if you need small, you can move. That's it. Let's read Mark chapter 5 and 22. This is the story where Jesus met one woman. She had been sick 12 years. She had been rejected in a society. There's a people always like when the people doing what? Oh, I like to be in this part of this group. When sometimes the challenges come to us, there's a, we start to see people ignorant. They don't be close to you. This lady was the same, 12 years breathing issues she has. But one time, she, she do what? She heard, good English, right? She heard about the prophets of Jesus. She heard the good news. I love it. The way she did, she didn't even hear She. She took a decision, let me go. Some way I can find the Jesus. We keep hearing the sermon. We keep hearing about Jesus. We keep hearing the soul of Jesus. Let's go find him. Let's go find him. Then he went. Uh, his attention was not just uh, go. Attention was I want to touch to her, him. Hallelujah, I want to touch it to him. When he went there, he was so many people like, more than even like this. So many people, they have a different problem. But expectation was different. When she went there, she said, I want to touch just the clothes of Jesus. Touch, touch your neighbor, you want to touch your clothes. There's a power when you touch. Then immediately after touching Immediately, life change. Everyone say hallelujah. Life change. The life will be changed when you touch to Jesus. Your problem will come down aloud when you touch to Jesus. When you touch to Jesus. Don't hear about Jesus. Touch to Jesus. Don't talk about Jesus. Touch to Jesus. This is the power of the sickness. disease go out when we touch to Jesus. Immediately, Jesus, he feels the power is gone. When we touch to Jesus with the faith, the power is gone. He asks, what's going on? Who touched to me? I love it. The disciples, they say, the disciples say, no, no, no. There's so many people here. How, how can you say who touched to you? No, there's someone touched to me. This morning, there's someone touched to Jesus. Immediately, 
The woman was trembling in fear. Very much fear. What's going on? Then Jesus said, my daughter, your faith has been. Do what? Healed you. Your faith has been healed you. Practical ways. Then she told it for. Your faith has been healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering, your disease. Go free. We are still in prison. Go free. When you touch to Jesus, you go free. There's a freedom when you touch to Jesus. Go. Step number one, reading the Bible and praying. Practical ways, how our faith can grow. Reading the Bible. When we read the Bible, God talks to us. When we pray, we talk to God. Both. When you do that, our faith grows. That's number one. The second, relationship with God. God needs to spend the time with you. God needs a relationship with you. He needs you, you need him. We need the relationship with our friends. How many friends do you have? We need making a new friend. After service, make sure, learn the story, what God is doing at our life. Share the story. Number three, forgiveness. Wow. Everyone say forgiveness. forgiveness. Any, Pastor Any. Forgiveness. Me and the enemy we look like we have a problem, right? This is how it looks like. When you have been a long time without forgiving one another, this is how the picture looks like. I have my way. I have the way I'm handling. This is in my staff. This is in my community. This is. This is look like. When you jump in a way the sense of the forgiveness, when you experience God's love about the forgiveness, life turn around. Turn around. Hallelujah! The life will be changed completely. Because me and the other, we are not back. We see each other. We see how between it, we see how much God has given the love between us. We see how God is working. We see we have see the purpose from God between. Forgiveness is the key. You see God's promise. Forgiveness is the key. You see what God is doing. Thank you. Two months ago, what's going on in Congo? It was a tough time to me. You can see the picture. This is was the moment you can see many men have been died. That's how history is. Many men, when the enemy comes, they try to find the men they killed. You can see that's how can, there is so many white women there. This is those moment they said there's no hope. This is those moment they lost hope. This issue has been a long time. Community when you're that have been die, keep going. This is you, they say, there's no hope. My personal story, I born in Congo, I came in Rwanda when I was 12 years. It was tough to me 
From when I was in Congo, after, from Congo up to Rwanda, 12 years, I was totally forgetting Congo. The reason I forget the Congo, I lost my brother there. I lost my grandpa, my grandma. I lost my uncle, the family community. It was the moment I said, this is not a good country for me. I forget. I come to Rwanda all my life. Everything, ministry, working, and the in Rwanda. My dad, remember, I lost my mom there in Congo. My dad, remember, when he spoke to me, Alexis, remember the Congo. I said, Daddy, forget about the Congo. Forget about the Congo. Two years ago, when he came to Rwanda, after losing my mom, she said, I want to get married in Congo, not in Rwanda. I said, Daddy, do you remember when you woke up in the morning, you wash your face? He reminded me last two weeks ago. I said, say, as you wash your face, I say, forget about Congo. These two months when I see genocide going, they killing the people, it was the time, tough to time, I say, God, forgive me. This is a great moment to bring the peace and the reconciliation there. Forgive me. I need your help. I need the swings. I need to remember where I was born. I need to remember the people are suffering. I feel asking God, forgive me. And I ask even my dad, forgive me. It was a great moment to month. My picture, my life had been changed. This is how. The forgiveness, you start new life. Number four, be thankful. Be thankful. How much do you be thankful for what God has done? How much, instead to ask more, to pray, ask more, how much do you thank for, for your wife, for your husband, for your family, for your country, for your financial, how much do you thank for? It is, there is a key. This is one of the stories. Jesus, when he see the crowd of the people, when they came to him, disciples say, there's no way we can feed a thousand people. Then Jesus See them. They say, no. What do you have in your hands? We keep asking more. What do you have? What stuff do you have? What gift do you have? What ability do you have? Then the disciple, we have just five bread and two fish. Then Jesus, he say, give to me here. Give to me here. I like what he did. He didn't ask, God, give me more. Give me more. He just said, thank you. Thank you. There's a power when you thank God. Everything comes loud. We need to be thankful. Bear press. The big problem in our life is not to lose money, financial, the house. The big problem in our life is when you lose faith. Thank you, Jesus, for all things you have done. I am so thankful. Increasing our faith to see you, how much you love us. In the name of Jesus, amen.